want to show with this guy, man. Look at him, man. Shaggy the airhead. On the beat. What the fuck is wrong with this guy, man? Look at him, man. Oh. Baboom. Baboom, indeed. And you want to know what that baboom was? Gun. It was a gun that put a slug in your noggin. Slug in your noggin. Slug in your noggin. You better think twice. Yo, you know what? This Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I, <laughs> I feel like, intro. yeah, we gotta introduce the show that you already know about. My name is Mad Max, and the man lighting a joint across from me is the Reverend Television. Good day to you all. Uh, if you couldn't already tell, we're trying to get better about this, uh, right off the cuff. Um, today's episode is about riders. And, and no, let me tell you, I gotta, riders was this shit, bro, where you've been gathering long enough where I think you probably remember these cats, bro. There were people where if you said, oh, I'm tired, I'm not going to the riders set, bro, that was fucking grounds for a fight. Yeah. Legit. Like... Riders Rider was, sets were dope, Oh, yes, they were. Yeah, no. You had to stay up till like bro, 4 or 5 o'clock. Facts, I will never forget. I was at and the. It was so fucked up. Bro, at the it. mud gathering, I was rolling was my, my face Jesus off Christ. and ran into Tracy and Cracker and Psycho Jesus of all people. I love that you Before, Psycho Jesus. That's going to be like a fucking foreshadowing of the conversation later on. Oh, I know. I know. That's great, isn't it? But no, so Riders, I loved because. It was this, and I also, Riding Dirt Hay was the first album that I heard. I didn't hear Dumpin' until later, because Dumpin' had that same, like, we only made so many copies of it, and it was hard to find for a while. Yo, am I bugging, or was there not a Riders track on Psychopathic's Amount of Space? The first or second? The first one. The first one didn't have one. So that must have been the burnt CD I had. Probably. Because, like, I, 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 you have I was, a mental image of, of going from I one remember, song right into a riders track, yeah. And I was like, like I, I was, I was listening to it today, and it, it is, uh, uh, fuck it, who's got more hoes than us? Bro, that know, was it, probably my favorite track on that on that album. So dope, dude. You know saw what the show? Makes, say I didn't rock it. I'ma jab a stick in your eye socket. Yo, the fucking uh, this album in particular makes me wanna do cocaine again. Call up all of my friends with drug problems and tell them, let's all, everyone relapse and listen to this album. Back to crack, motherfucking try, slanging them dub tapes out the hoorah. I tried, I tried to be a hip hop star, but this rap shit didn't go for no, But honestly, this album was always a party album, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, that's what I remember. I think Riders in general was like was meant music. to be like dumb out music. I didn't like put on Riders and like stare at my stereo having like deep thoughts like, only two song it. only two songs on the album were that it was back to crack yeah. and fantasies yeah ghetto fantasies those are the only two songs where jay actually says something where like at the end of his verse the way that he says it was kind of like trying to be profound anyway but no this album was and we were talking about this you know during our two or three dry runs we had that fucking Max wanted to do a third dry run of his opinion before we turned on the microphone. Hey, now you want to know what? There's mind. nothing wrong with making sure that you have your thoughts arranged correctly. No, that's anyway. probably how good podcasts go. Hey, you know, you, you might be right, but this is we're we're not there yet. Yeah. In any case, um, 
Fuck you, what was I talking about? I don't know, you didn't rehearse, dude, you know? <laughs> Kick this motherfucker in the face. No, so, Riders was something that fucking, I really... It gave an outlet to do the hip-hop fucking shit. That they really basically, not, not so much that they really wanted to do, I don't think. Maybe, but I think that it had more to do with the fact that they wanted to just be able to have something that occupied that space. It's it's somewhere between a need to fulfill like their more like just straight up hip hop sensibilities and also just having a dumb old project like if you well, guys remember Golden Goldies. Oh yeah. You know well, well, I mean? you, you want to know what? We're, we're, we're eventually going to do that. Episode, you want to know why, though? Well, no, because that cause same, bro, hate, I've never actually, I've, I've never actually heard it. Oh, it's not good. I'm sure, I know it's not good. Only, That's exactly why we need to do an episode about it. only, like, I had a burnt, I had so many burnt CDs and internet tracks, and I had a handful. One of them I was about to say, I don't think anybody assumed you like, had an original Golden Goldies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, seven, I was there. <laughs> no, but my point was that because if you remember the way the riders was done they put it out on joe and joey records and they were basically like it's on spotify no i know because you want to know what this is what i realized about that that was true back in the day when they were selling albums and doing that shit where jack they were legit jacking the beats however they were getting and because it was it was a little bit more primitive back then but now all those beats, I guarantee, those companies are probably not charging much to use. Right. Like, if you want to get a license to do some shit like that, because Riders has 12,000 monthly listeners. But you know what I also think? I think that Spotify, they're based out of Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they had, like, first thing I noticed of their copyright, like, uh, lackadaisical attitude towards it, right. was King Gordy's uh, albums, because he has mixtapes and albums, and bro, I'm a huge Gordy fan. No, I know. Some oh, of yeah. His, some of his tracks, on his uh, intros, rather, are full-length songs. Like, his intro to one of his songs is just an Alice Cooper song. Like, the full-length Alice Cooper song, and then he, like, puts a track on at the end of it. And then same thing with Great American Weed Smoker. It's a full Peter Tosh song, and then the album begins. So I think that because, and I'm only speculating, I'm 90% sure they're uh, based out of Sweden, so they're probably not upheld to the same copyright laws, maybe? I don't know if that's true or not, because I see such blatant copyright, like, strikes that, like... Well, there's you know, a lot of stuff that they do with all that now where, like... Because you gotta be careful. There was somebody that put an album out that was just 15 tracks of silence. And technically speaking, if you get people to listen to it, you make money. So yeah, like, his name was Tang and the album came out. Ha! Fucking. Sada Tang. That was one of my favorite scenes though. Oh no! All, everyone's jamming to it. <laughs> the, no, the no, the, no, and then the Asian dad comes in while the silence. Turn that, turn that music down. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Riders was also, and I don't think that they get credit for this in this way. Was it was also very comedic. Oh, are you kidding me? It was a like, lot of it was meant to be silly. I, I'm trying to remember well, it which like verse a, it was that Jay said, where it was something like, something to put in my butt. What? I can't remember what song it was, but that or what the exact lyric was, but it was just... One of my favorite It was like, wait a minute, this is like a this is like a gloked-out gangster from the street? It's, it's such a throwaway line, but at the end of, I forget which song it is, where he's like, checking your beats, licking your bitches. I think I remember that. No, it's so funny. And then they, they go, oh man, 
Jay is such an interesting individual with his uh, sexual proclivities. Even more so now we know about KJ. Uh, but like, no, no, listen to the KJ. That wow, that's oh boy. Um, <laughs> there's violent Jay, then there's KJ. But no, so it's actually one thing that I always thought was really funny about this album was on Cotton Candy, and this made me almost feel like. But how they don't eat pussy? No, Is because the- Shaggy. Shaggy said in Cotton Candy that he don't eat pussy, and then he said, fuck yeah, I'll hit it, but first you gotta dush. Yeah. I also wanna give the riders credit for being able to make a different rhyme out of Bush like seven times. Yeah, there's a lot of bush on this album. Oh yeah, well because also, no, it was a plug that. Oh yes. <laughs> By oh yeah, the full clip. No, not full clip. Fofo and Lil Shank were glad. Fly, to, oh yes. Are you no? Because no, what was the one? They even. The, not only did they say it, they got to say it ten times in a row uh, over the layer where. Get wild as fuck, cause my track came on, and you know Thug Edwards gotta say that song. Like, no, no, come on. Like, that was, and it's funny because you feel, I, it's weird to me. I always thought that Blaze would have been the one that actually could, cause isn't he like. No, I think we all assumed Blaze was black. No, not black, but I thought that he was maybe like Latin or something, cause you know how that goes. My grandmother's half Italian. Come on, now while I'm smoking, that's gonna hurt my fucking sinuses. But, uh, <laughs> no, listen, I think that this was also during the time where, A, it was just kind of they were doing it more, but also, <coughs> for this project specifically, it almost made sense. It was like, because I told you, I was the dumb motherfucker to let some asshole talk me into believing that this wasn't fucking them. Hey, when did this album come out? 98 or 99? It came out like, 98 or 99, it came out, I'm pretty sure, like the exact same time as Psychopathic from Outer Space. Right. Like, so exact that, same so time. So, Parallel Isla came out around that time, too, right? Roughly, 99, 2000, something like that. You know, when I was listening to the album today, it also felt like the way to backdoor misery, because he shines a lot. He's like seriously rapping a lot on the album. Where it's more throwaway verses for the rest of the guys. I don't like know if I no, oh, no, first of all, no. You oh, oh no. No, just so we can be clear, what I'm going what I'm saying is that misery, if we are recalling correctly, if I'm if I recall listening to the album correctly, it was kind of the same thing as with Lotus, where a good amount of the songs were only five of them. And then Misery was put into several others of them, but a lot of the songs were only the five guys. Yeah. So, at that point, especially considering the fact that he only ever ended up being on that one album, I feel like they did that because they wanted to round it out. They obviously met him right around that same time. Because think about it, technically speaking, Psychopathic from Outer Space, Misery was on me, Cleaver, which killed it. Yeah. And, excuse me, then fucking on Riders was really where anybody... Riders, if we're really being objective here, is why pretty much anybody as Juggalos really knows about Misery outside of his own work, but most people were introduced to his work through Riders. Now me, living right next to New York City, as a Juggalo, you're going to hear about this guy. So I knew about him from the jump. Again, I had a copy of Parlay. I used to listen to that shit all the time. Fucking dude gets robbed in the very beginning. And then he's like coughing at the end, trying to get a quarter. He's like, I'll give you a quarter from the sneakers. Like, fucking, like, the, the Stimulated Dome, dope track. Seeing him perform, like, he's still very, like, 
he's got the fucking like he feels it. Like it's obvious. This is obviously something that like he cares about doing. So like, I will also say, uh, what's his name? The guy that rolls with him. Uh, I fucking I feel like such an asshole that I play go flames. Fucking he approached me at uh, the fuck I think it was New Hampshire. Um, because of shit that I was uh, like, basically when uh, he who shall not be named was uh, talking a lot of shit about him. Yeah. And I was still more associating with him. Um, it was kind of like the same thing, and not for nothing, I actually said this to him. Um, it was kind of like my situation with Wayne. Like, when I was down, and I told you, um, going to do the show with Forever Man in Long Island, and, uh, you know, these people were saying, you know, things about him, and I was like, these were my friends, I didn't know him yet. So I was like, ah, well, you know, that's not my people, but you're my people, so if that's what you say, then fuck that guy. And then Wayne approached me at fucking Derek's, uh, not Derek's, at, uh, the, the infamous basement. And, uh, he's like, hey, so, uh, what's the deal with that? And I was like, you wanna know what? This is what the deal was with that. And we're all good. And then we were all good. And it was the same thing with him. And I appreciate that shit. Because there is something to be said about a motherfucker actually walking up like, hey, I just wanna make sure. We all good. We good. You know what I'm saying? Like... Because especially in this rap shit, nobody wants to fucking be that guy. Right. Nobody wants to like. That's one of these things that's going on right now in the fucking scene where uh, there are dudes that are like basically like straight up pedophiles. And yeah, what is up with all this? Because I don't keep up enough. I'm, dude, I got my own shit going. What on. I know, fair enough. No. I found out about this through several different people, and the dude. My thing is, I well, yeah, fuck it. Apparently, his name is DJ Ham. I don't know the guy. Yeah. All I know is that he's got some real fucked up paperwork attached to him. That's right. all I'm saying. So and he does shows. And he, he yeah, like what, it, what, he what basically. Crew, what crew is he? I'm not even really sure. I think he's from like the Midwest, Iowa, something like that. Okay. But I only just found out about that. I had heard a little bit about it, but apparently, if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, I think he's part of that Jekyll crew, and all that bullshit was attached to the very good homegirl Jess Jekyll who she's been Jess Jekyll the whole fucking time like we that's who she's been since I knew her fucking 10 years ago right so the fact that she's just out here doing her thing everybody assumed that they were fucking that she was involved and she had to keep being like nah bro not uh not interested and it's also one of these things now where like apparently it's a crew of like fucking six people Something like that. A six-person pedophile DJ crew. I don't know. Well, they need to set off a bomb on the squad. (laughs) Fucking no. But my point is that first of all, Jekyll only makes sense when there's two of them. And when it was the two chicks, who apparently one of them, I think she might still be in the crew. I don't know. She's it definitely was the least attractive of the two of them, but right. it was Gene and Jane. That actually made sense. Whether you liked them or you didn't, that actually, oh, two people, one and the other. Okay, fair enough. All right, proceed. But six fucking people? And then they try to say that people are clout chasing bringing their names up. Like, it's, bro... The underground is the the underground is the biggest fucking circle jerk you have ever seen. You know this. I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. To me, it's like a microcosm of America in a 
well, all right. It was an idea. Go ahead, Freud. Let's hear this. I've been reading Freud. <laughs> I bet you fucking uh, yeah. have. Yeah. Proceed. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's basically, it, it's all fun, funded off of business, right? And then it became something bigger than that. And then other people came in and seen the manipulative nature of the, just the situation. Not saying this person is that or this right, right, right. is that. Just like there's money to be made if I do Oh yeah, that. oh yeah. And then there's a lot of people on the other side who are not looking to make money. They just feel this in their soul every day. And they're not looking to make money and they get out there and then they meet each other on the playing field. And that's when it gets strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And that's an undeniable fact. And oh, yeah. I, since I've worked in like different industries that have nothing to do with juggalo shit, yeah. but are rooted in idealistic things, right. like political jobs, working in weed, um, I've seen it, you know what I mean? And I see the microcosm in our scene because there's people who are kind of defending an ideal and the idea of a juggalo and stuff like that, and just having fun and making t-shirts or whatever, just for, the, for a lock and for the sake of the culture, because that's what it is. That's the intrinsic, like nature of being a juggalo part of the quote-unquote family you know being part of like the larger what they'll call like the god force you know what i mean like, uh, well yeah i it, mean it, it, but what's undeniable unfortunately and light of all the juggalo love is human nature yeah like fucking that includes pedophiles that includes like a lot of crazy egotistical derivative shit that's oh, also yeah. predicated on other people's stuff oh so yeah then that identity crisis has got to be overwhelming I, you know, I, see, that's the problem, though, is that at a certain point, I feel like the Juggalo scene is one of these kinds of scenes where it's easier for these shittier people to hide out. Well, certainly, because that's why I equate it to, like, a cult or a religion or whatever. It's, a, it's you know, a lower stratum well, But of... not even... Okay, but so not even just even Juggalo shit necessarily specifically... Like underground horror core type Right, shit. yeah, but that's all like spurred from the uh, the horror community is probably all right this, with that shit too. All this stuff is spurred from the metal community is pretty bad. All of it, it's human nature, dude. That's that's what like the the book I'm reading. I guess you want to know what at a certain point there, it, technically speaking, depending on the way that you feel about how pedophiles' brains operate. A certain percentage of human beings in any sphere are going to be a certain number of different Yeah, things. and that's super unfortunate. But if, yeah. we, if we face life thinking there'll be one idealistic thing that's yeah. like X that will eradicate all of that. Oh, well, no, come we'll on. I think a, that we, yeah, no, I think that we're, we at least are. No, we are, but it's important because people listen to us and stuff. But, like, we do live in a three-dimensional reality where these ideals will not, like, be in this utopia achieved. So, like, don't put all your heart and soul into this, you know, like... Oh, no, by the way, bro, I think that... Here's the problem. Realistically, because I've met a lot of people... But it's always good to kill pedophiles. Oh, no, for for sure. Oh, no, let's be very, very clear about that. We we talk talk in circles here. No, I know, but... I'm not defending that. All I'm saying is, like, more or less touching back on... The Jekyll sisters thing. Oh no, I get you know it. What I mean, like because no, well, people, but this is what I'm saying, man. People, certain people assume these like identities that are like you know juggalo characters or whatever. Yeah. Literally. Oh, for sheer, sure. For sheer fun. 
I'm the Jekyll crew. I'm fucking the Great Blanco's uncle, or whatever you want to be. No, you want to you know, know what? what? I mean? like, uh, no, first of all, come on. That's cool. been no, that's been but a part of Juggalo culture the you, whole time. Can, I know that. But what sucks is some people smell it from a mile away when someone's just trying to make a buck, and then other people want to pay for the OnlyFans, and guess what? They're also the other half of this crowd that pays the money, that keeps the shows going. And what really sucks is seeing it on, like, a, a small level. You want to talk about pedophiles in the scene? That fucking motherfucker who, uh, I can't remember his name, Justin something? Grossman? Yeah. That dude was at our merch booth when we played the, at the gathering, and I, I don't like or know a lot of these fucking people. And I, because of, I get crazy vibes, and I, I'm bipolar, so I shouldn't be held to be, like, have, like, this, like, all unassuming everyone's my friend type shit, because... Then you have pedophiles hanging out. Yeah, well, but so that's and kind of the thing is that... we're also smacked on nitrous and shit that we're not even thinking about it, but I was, like, looking at this dude, like, I don't know who this nobody, is. Nobody, no, okay, first of all, like, nobody, nobody knew, knew back Exactly, nobody knew. Like, so... We yeah, but no, listen, like, bro, there's nothing wrong with, and by the way, I've always kind of been like this, there's nothing wrong with fucking somebody uh, having a weird... Because let me tell you something, just so we can be clear, as far as, and I swear to God, there's verification for this, Grossman never fucking liked me because I never fucking liked him. Because, he always gave me a fucking weird vibe. But you want to know what? You should know as well as anybody else that it is the nature of the beast that money is green no matter who's handing it to you. And at that point, when you're at oh, the I wasn't fucking... saying it's your boy. I'm saying the scene, that dude was one of a big, like a big supporter of Oh it. yeah, no, and I know. When but you, When you look at under a microscope, you know, that there, it sucks because it's so... I've just seen it a lot. I've seen a few predators and like, yeah, it, man. I Listen, we've not, both been around for a long yeah, time. It's so, not like it's the... Bro, believe me. You know. There were all different kinds of people. Like, there was one dude who's dead whose name starts with a J, who I'm not going to fucking... But he was somebody who was coming around and hanging around with a lot of the fucking girls around here when they were 14, 15, and he was fucking like... 25, 26, 27, something yeah, like that. So many, yo, there was I, all kinds. It's all the shit's always been like that. And as a matter of fact, we remember a time being kids, bro. I, I said the amount of shit that I was allowed to do around other adults that were not my parents, because my parents did trust me enough to let me go and hang out with people without them. But then I would go and hang out with these people who's, who were super fucking low class. And then, like, they would, like, drink and smoke around me, and they let me basically drink and smoke. I just didn't drink. No, so, yeah, like, I, and I grew up in, like, those type environments, and so that's why it's not, like, it's not um, surprising to me, I guess, at all when I hear these Oh, no, and you want to know what? I don't think know? it's surprising either, but, but I do kudos think... kudos to the community to be it, in, like, no, That's my know, point, uh, is that it needs to be to a certain level where... I try, I'm looking at the root of it, where I'm, like... Like that, that fucking like. Yeah, those, but don't you think you already said but, that they're, they're trying to they, trying to solve for yeah, X doesn't right. work. It, it does, so basically, so realistically, it's the only thing that you yeah. actually can do is uh, just keep snipping the head. It's true. It's, it's the only way. Remember the Juggalo cage at uh, Yeah, I sure like, fucking yeah. do. Yeah. So nowadays they'll just flip your car over. I just try to, I guess, because I have all the things going on. Terminal-wellness.com. Oh, no, yes, Terminal-wellness.com. Please go make. A uh, a purchase or Bitcoin donation. We actually don't have an Indiegogo up right now. That's coming again uh, around the holiday season. But anyway, in any case, uh, no, yeah, no, we will. A lot, half of the scene is people trying to make a buck and also mimicking the same business model of like yeah. having a family and or a uh, or 
uh, yeah. Oh, following. Uh, yeah, but you want to know what? Like, that's not even, that, yeah, frankly, that's not even fucking... Uh, it's just so funny because it's like... Exclusive to Juggalos. That's been a... Th- are you kidding me? Like, Mariah Carey calls her fan lamb. I fans know, lambs like, it's like fucking... a Russian doll of exclusivity within yeah. the Juggalo scene. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it because now I've, like, you know, because of you, I've had the privilege to, you know, see, like, the New England scene, and then I've seen, like, some of the Midwest scene, and then I got to play the gathering and see it from that level. So I've gone from playing, like, BFW halls... You know, at 16, in the fucking, in, in the suburbs, you know, to get into play the fucking, the dream with you, you know? And, like, I'm only saying that I see a lot of mimicry, I see a lot of, uh... Oh, no, absolutely, which, know, by the way, like, I think that there's a certain amount of... Which, by the way, I think that because it's already been kind of established that there's nothing that can be done about it, you just have to kind of continue to do what you want to do, continue to be original as possible, and then if people are going to mimic you, it's, I honestly look at it where, like, well, it was either Almost Famous or it was something else, but there was some movie um, about, like, you know, somebody that they had made one song, and that song went, was a hit, and they just keep trying to fucking find another hit, and they just keep, like, this next one is going to be the one, and that, you know what I mean? And, like, it just... I feel like if you, it's it's what Chris would call, who I need to fucking, I haven't heard from him in a while. I was just thinking about Chris today. It's what he would call results-based thinking, where you, you think about what you want to happen, and trying to plan for that is bad business. You have to plan for what probably will happen by actual probability. So, at that point, creativity is so unquantifiable you just have to, and this is something I'm kind of starting to learn a little bit. I'm trying to be more consistent with the music that I make. You just kind of have to keep making it and keep making it. And then, you know, the pendulum always swings back. You're always like, you're going to hit something eventually that really resonates with people because you keep having feelings. And I think that the way that you feel about something is it's you know there's nothing new under the sun not anything you felt somebody else has felt and that's exactly why this shit relates to people because we feel some shit and then everybody else is like oh yeah fuck me too and you know what 10 out of 10 times everything starts with an imitation every single i guess technically speaking i mean that is what history is right like like you something you mimic yeah, no, I can't remember the, the then I, you figure it out I can't you remember who, I mean? who said the quote but uh, the key to creativity is learning how to hide your sources it's true though and like the absolutely is, like you know a thousand percent it's whether you're honest about it or no not, listen you know? bro like, I think I might like have told we were, you just like when we were talking on the last episode about what, rapping for people the first time other people's uh, verses yep you know what oh, I mean yeah. because you spent more time doing other people's shit because you're learning the craft sometimes I shouldn't say 10 out of 10 you know every once and again someone literally creates new art form and that that happens you know but right, like, right, right. more often than not you are kind of mimicking something it's, it's, you know it's actually it. really funny you would say that because um, just the other day uh, I seen, I think it was on Instagram or whatever, Method Man was talking about how M-E-T-H-O-D, man, was all cobbled together from a bunch of different shit. From uh, Hall & Oates, I think he said was one song. It was the M-E-T-H-O-D. Uh, the Man, I can't remember. And then he said, um, uh, the, the, I got, na 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 uh, uh, That's just, uh, fucking, The Beatles. Yeah. 
And so, and I, I love it because it's like, it literally was just, which by the way, how fucking awesome is that, that Method Man did that, and then Mindless Self-Indulgence did fucking bring the pain? <laughs> full circles are full circles. I love music. Yeah. Uh, but now, yeah, And it's all predicated on imitation, And dude, speaking you know, of imitation... Like, so I'm not mad, like, but there's a certain point where then you have to become your own. It's like training wheels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like your first couple releases, it's okay to fucking lean on your, like, your, uh, your influence a little bit. You know what I mean? To try and find your legs. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, it's, uh, it, it's, ah, you motherfucker. Literally, um, my father just walked by, but he had headphones on, so I don't think you can hear me. Um, in any case, speaking of imitation, that was just a funny thing about Psychopathic Riders, where, like, they were trying to do gangster rap, but they were doing it in this psychopathic way. Right. Of, like, fucking... Madrox, I really gotta say, he had some good verses on, like, Madrox clearly wanted to be a, like, a, like a rapper rapper. Like, that was obviously, because the way that he was spitting was very, like, he was trying to bar out. And that was a funny thing where, like, when you listen to Riders, Jay really did. Some of his verses were, like, on-point hip-hop, you know, style, but for the most part, he was still doing that super experimental. Shaggy... His flow, full clip, has always been very like. That's I'm just gonna comedy. do fucking. That's full tilt comedy. Right. Definitely. That's also alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the fucking throes of it at yeah. that point. Holy shit. Uh, it's but, like I don't give a fuck. It's like what, what? You come stepping? Well, then I'll have, have to, to see ya. Leave you open and burning like, like a case of gonorrhea. From some old dirty bitch that you was humping and pumping like my gauge, bitch ass, we dumping. I know, and listen, I really, it's funny because realistically, Riders is part of the reason why Juggalos are classified as a gang. Because again, bro, I am telling you, and I maybe, because you know, you hang with the people that you hang with at the gathering, I don't know how much you would like hung with people that you didn't know specifically, but I just remember so specifically so many times people that were just like, like again, like Riders was like, nah, you don't disrespect the fucking Riders. Like, that's like the real ass shit. Like, you know, like, Juggalos no, first, that live in gangster uh, fucking first, lives. If it hasn't been clearly evident, I've been uh, like a solo wolf for a long time, and my first few gatherings, I hung out most Myself. Um, oh, that, you wanted all right, two, fair enough. Because I genuinely, all right, fair enough. Gathering. Then I, all right. Uh, then I camped with Outland Camp, but my first two. All right, I well, was, so then I apologize because I no same. I honestly like, did not know that. Yeah. I figured you had always been going at least with Bapo. You know what I mean? I know you have so many assumptions. It's not assumption. It's assumptions. assumptions. Ba- yeah, assumptions <laughs> based on experience. I got you. Yeah, but I. uh I, I, my condition as you know me now has not always been. There's been all right. Well, no, I the same. So all right, fair enough. Um, But yeah, so it's always been a big thing, riders. You know what I mean? Like, and riders, I didn't stop listening to until I started hanging out with Juggalo friends. Once Juggalos became uh, a, a tangible, real thing, and not just like an abstract idea. Right. Once I met Dank and the 
met ninjas. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, they didn't go to gatherings and barely made it to shows because there was no money, dude. You know what I mean? Like, True indeed. The first show we all went together, it was a clown car. Like, it was fucking three people in the front. Right. Motherfuckers like in a trunk, bro. I know how it goes. Laid across the side. Factual. You know, literally. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like six people with the shit dragging, you know? Like, wagon, uh, wagon, met so ninjas, I didn't, dragon. So I didn't listen. Shout out to Met Ninjas, all my fucking homies um, from back in the day. But, like, I didn't really listen to Riders until I stopped hanging out with them because the, a kind lot of the my same. friends. I don't like, think I don't think I, I really. I didn't even, like, I only listened to the kind of gangster rap I listened to growing up isn't really qualified as gangster rap. Like, Cypress Hill. It's kind of gangster. I mean, no, I think Cypress Hill gang- is super gangster. It's gangster, rap. but it's, it's not just, like it's it not was like, more. It, it really kind became of more about weed. It's it's always it was always about weed. No, but it became. Like, I, but my point is that technically speaking, Cypress Hill is almost the most gangster because fucking Mexican gangs fucking get down, bro. But the way but, that the music was produced, though, we, like it's not as like. All right, it's not as gritty. I'll give it that. I don't know. So I guess I like gangster rap. But well, like, no, because listen, I'll tell you right now, and I think that this was, by the way, Ben Riders got me into more gangster. This rap. could be considered. A, this is. Let me tell you, I got a great fucking story. But so, I was listening. I remember when I was in grade school, and we like the you know the, the other kids were listening to Tupac. I got Big Pun's Capital Punishment. That's a fucking gangster gangster rap album. Getting topped off by two bitches. And fucking packing the Mac in the back of the act, killing motherfuckers. And they's like, oh, I'm 14, man. Get the fuck out of here. After we just killed everybody else. Like, gangster, gangster rap. And then also, but I was a white kid from the suburbs. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, look at this crazy shit. Who could believe that a life like this exists? Right. And that's exactly what made so much of this music so good. And then with Riders, and it just became this, like, that's why I was so cartoonish silly. level of gangsterism. Like, I, I used to... I recognize the absurdity of being like ninety percent white kids listening to this shit in oh, yeah. a suburban neighborhood. Oh yeah. In a beach community. Yeah, but you wanna you know what? Like, I don't know that it was ninety percent based on really think about it. No, I'm talking about my personal oh, group. Because like, I well, cause I was just gonna say, like, the idea of I really do think that with so much of Juggalo shit, because it really was ubiquitous just in American culture for a while, but I think that generally speaking, the people like the real fan base ended up being like, there there is a good amount of suburban kids that got into it, present company included. I would say like 90% of it is suburban kids. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't... An accurate portrayal would be 60 to 75. That's what I was about to say. 60, 40, <laughs> maybe 75% of you want to yeah. be fucking real, you know, up there about it. But I, this is the thing. Well, because, I mean, you said it in earlier episodes. People in the hood and, and like, you know, exactly. other areas, it's they don't not, to this shit. No, exactly. You know, but like, you want to know what? Not yeah. every, it's not that every, because there are people in the hood who listen to it, too. No, but the, by the way, the same thing could be said for people who listen to metal in the hood, it's technically also, speaking. Also, that's exactly why City Morgue got on, because City Morgue was making shit that was super duper fucking gangster, but had a ton of heavy metal influence. And so it made rap more accessible to these kids that like metal and like crazy shit, but want to listen to rap, but all the rap that they th- that they know about or hear about is just like, ah, this doesn't fucking, you know, it's and not I guess uh, you would call Ill Bill gangster rap, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. But he's gone through so many evolutions. Like, I listened to Ill Bill for, like, 20 years, and they, he was Ill Cannabill, he's nonfiction Bill, he's fucking La Coca Nostra Bill. Now he's, like, Omega.
Mega Mill. He's done. He has so many different fucking styles. No, you, you want to know what? what? He is definitely. I think that so he's I guess just like the kind of. gangster rap just is like more of like a particular West Coast sound, but that's not really true because then you got like Ghetto Boys, and you know, I guess I listen to a lot more gangster rap than I realize. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's actually funny. I yeah. so what you're saying is that you consider gangster rap mostly to be that like West that Coast West Coast sound. But, but so like, oh all right. Like, well, what would you have called Biggie then? That's definitely gangster rap, but like, yeah, but it's, that's why my brain, I don't, like, think too much about this. Right, no, I get it. do a podcast episode No, fair it. enough. I'm brain vomiting. No, but you, know? you want to know what? Here's a funny thing. I came back from a wilderness, uh, wilderness rehabilitation program. My parents fucking sent me away to this shit because I was hanging with gang members and shit, doing a lot of fuck shit. And wilderness rehabilitation they, they sent me out to the fucking woods. In How the desert, technically. Uh, 15, 16? Yeah. Something like that. I was a junior. My, Me and my dad and my friend, when I was 16, went out to a cabin and then ate some bunk acid. <laughs> and my dad pretended he was a pedophile to, like, uh, scare people. Not really. He, not inadvertently. He didn't realize what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that could be probably said of most of the things he did in his yeah. life he didn't know what he was doing yeah or he was or at the very least he was uh he was commenting on my friend looking like he was jerking off while we were smoking weed at a at like a public campground bench and this is in like 2004 or something so weed is not legal yeah yet, oh, boy. oh yeah weed was extra illegal back then yeah but no my what i was saying was that so i finished the program and we were stopping and this is the, the, the weird thing where I think it was St. George was the town. So we stopped at a McDonald's because it was the first time I got to have food other than the bullshit I had had at the program for the last two months. And then we went to get some CDs because I was going to some summer school program. And immediately went to go see what kind of psychopathic shit they had. And I already had a lot of the other shit. So I looked to see what they had. And one of the things that, I, that they had rap rock section well no but so listen they had Crips and Bloods banging on wax do you remember that album Ugh. fair enough it is kind of it's one of those like you gotta be deep 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 in the in like the gang gangster rap culture to even be aware of this shit and frankly I can't believe excuse me that it was in this record store in Utah like it's how the fuck did you cause it was literally Bloods and Crips just talking hella gangster shit back and forth to each other. Like, talking, like, like calling each other, because I'm not saying the words, but calling each other, like, say, like, like calling out their set. And the picture, if you want, if you ever want to look it up again, it's called Bloods and Crips banging on wax. And basically banging on wax, like, the idea was like, we're, we're gang banging on the songs instead of actually being They're out there gang banging. Concept. And you want to know what? It was not, the, the the raps were very like they weren't the best, but again, legitimate gangster shit. And my father wouldn't let me buy it because he was like, Max, you just got back from doing this whole thing because you were hanging with gang members. I don't think you necessarily need to be listening to this gangster gangster rap. And I was like, all right, fair enough. So I look around and what do I find? Riding dirt hay. We get that instead, which is like like a parody gangster album. Basically, like this is like banging I'm on. Dirty is so much. Rod, 
Oh, I like, I'll tell you right now, I like riding Dirt better than fucking dumping. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so fucking smooth. Dude. Oh, yes. I'm riding to the end. Wow, till I fall. Oh, yo, man, we'll save that for that. No, no, I know. Album, no, but you want to know what, man? I think one thing about riders that was always dope because I think that when we discuss any riders album through the chronologicals of you know going through it like we've been we could just discuss riders in general you know what I mean like we can start with the album but we can just kind of you know the ride because let me tell you something some of the riders shit I'm gonna hear for the first time because after fucking check your shit in bitch I think I was kind of done I don't know that I really I like pay attention the only last one and the one after that is I don't know if I heard that one. That's the thing. Eat shit and die, and then there is backdoor riders. See, I don't think I heard that one either. But that was all about fucking chicks in the ass, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's good. But in any case, they both were not great albums. No, but but let me. Much forced. Yeah, fair enough. These albums were great because you can tell they're young, they're having fun. You know what I mean? That energy. These are old school. In the studio, so much collaboration. Oh yeah, probably just being twacked out in the studio, yes, just wild. You can tell that they they were, and a lot of they they're like, who knows what really will wash out in the end years from now. But like I see, he's been said to be serious in the studio. You know what I mean? When they do, they're not like rock stars getting fucked up. Well, I don't know that. Like, well, put it like this: I don't know that they so go I into the studio and be all fucked up and high and shit. Yeah. But I think they do go into the studio and get loose as fuck. No, definitely. But so. I think I. But I, from what I've seen, interviews and stuff like that, they've literally said that they don't do that. But I think that the writers, they definitely do. You know what I mean? And certain songs like the studio freestyle and you know the the fuck around songs, they're fucking around. But like when they go into make an album. You know, one thing that actually made me sad. One thing that made me sad about um, fucking uh, dumping was the last. I think it was the last song with Hatchet Riding. Mm-hmm. <sighs> fucking hover's off, man. Yeah, it's not good. It's, like, it's not like it's just offbeat, like just a little bit. And uh, they should have ended with fucking Huga. Oh, I know. I always thought that it. I always thought that it did, bro. Not for nothing. Probably had the the whack burn. Version like I did with Psychopath. Probably. Yeah, no, you're right, man. I looked like I could have sworn that there was a psychopath that song was on fucking, and it was my burnt copy. So. But no, I bro, Riders was also something where they legit were on some like, we don't give a fuck, fuck your hood type shit, and I really just appreciate the uh, like, really think about it, like really think about it. And I know we've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it every time I think about it, because it's crazy to me. The song with Ice-T I li- No, no, fuck you. That's actually, because I was talking about an ice rapper, but not that one. Because I'm looking at the Goodyear blimp, and it says, Ice Cube's a bitch. Yeah. What? And then Ice Cube did a fucking song with it. I think that... That's crazy! Ice Cube does not know about psychopathic riders. You really think that fucking Ice Cube would not... It would not get around to him? Someone's like, yo, you know that this guy made a song and said Ice Cube's a bitch, right? You really... Come on. I sincerely don't think that Ice Cube knows about any... I don't... You don't think that somebody would... Bro, bro. yeah, but you want to know what? Somebody 
would see that Jay that they're making a song together and then go tell. Come on, man. I just don't realistically see that happen. Ice Cube's in another fucking stratosphere. They only worked together after they were around for almost 30 years because, like, everybody, like, respected them. At that point, Ice Cube kind of probably did it just for the cultural significance. I, I mean, look, the money, you know I, Well, I mean? no, because, like, well, first of all, I heard that he did it for free, so clearly... Well, that's what I'm that. saying, yeah. So, like, he likes him as a group, but I don't think he was, like... You know what I'm saying? I don't think bro, this is all, look, all I'm think, telling you is that hilarious. I think that it was... I think it's, I think bro, it's hilarious. It's, yeah, that well, that's my that. point. That's some gangster fucking shit. Bullet said Ice Cube's a bitch. And then Ice that Cube, gangster, like... But it, the funny part is that you think that, like, Ice Cube knew it and then just, like, just put it to the side then did the verse. I'm pretty sure he has no idea who Psychopathic Riders is at all. You know. I don't know, man. I quite frankly, I'd like to think that because Violent J is the kind of person that he is, is that if they that worked, is such a deep cut, dude. did they work together in the studio when they made the song? Because if they did, I would hope he fucking told him. <laughs> like I really, I but just would Jay remember? Get the fuck out of here! No, you want to know what? It's funny you would say that actually because I have kind of found found this that like when I make a new song, I listen to it a lot to make sure that it's like burned into my brain so that I can perform it if I ever want to. And just like, but realizing the way, like especially the way that I write now because I write in my head. Once I finish writing, I transcribe it into my phone so that I don't have to think about it. So that now the verse is already in there, and now I'm able to. Because if I, I write my, I if I write my lyrics and then type them out line by line, that feels inorganic. I don't like to do that. I only would ever write on paper. Right. But now the way that I do it, I get the whole verse together, and then once I have it, 16 bars, I spit it out into the fucking into the phone, and then I don't have to think about it anymore. And then basically I can keep writing. And so. I like. I have to do drafts. I go from. Uh, yeah, but so I. Yeah, but that's. Paper, computer, back to paper. Oh well, if you talk, well, I was gonna say depending on what oh, kind of rap, project you're talking about. Yeah, I mean writing, rap's different. You know, well, no, I mean, that's like, exactly that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, rap, rap, it, 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 it really depends. You know, sometimes it's just because you know me, I do like weird fucking shit yeah. where it's like abstract kind of. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but I think it's also because. You're the kind of rapper, and you're one of the kinds of people that's able to do it well, like Aesop Rock, where what you're saying is is more important than the way you say it, so sometimes you'll sacrifice flow to say something specific. Definitely, and that's so, because he's one of my biggest influences. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah, I said that on purpose. Yeah. So, fucking... No, and it's, I, I, it's just funny where I love that Riders was this thing that was just... The epitome of suck my dick. Yeah. Like so much fun to get drunk and exactly. rap to this album. No, for dude. sure. If you haven't done it, and I love that I, I still. It. Oh, facts. I love that I still remembered several of these songs. Oh, I got so hyped too. I just remember like me and Dank, like you know, screaming the N word. Because <laughs> we all did. And if you didn't, then you're a bitch. <laughs> Cramp, you piece of shit. Oh, motherfucker, that hurt. <laughs> no, I wasn't, did. you want to know what? If I was saying the N-word, I was alone. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> we, all, we all said the lyrics. Ah, uh, well, uh, I don't know. 
that it's okay to be honest. I just, no, because you again, I'm not saying I didn't say it. I'm saying I was probably alone because I've told the story. Parenthood. About, I'm just playing. <laughs> fuck up. I no, I've I've told the story where uh, I was rapping with the homies in South Orange, and they were like, "Listen, bro, we like you, but you got to stop saying the n-word, man. Like that's just it's no mas, please. We don't want to have to. Di- we don't want to dislike you. Yeah. But if you keep doing this, we're not gonna like you." Oh, you were rapping along to the lyrics? No, I was rapping it. my own lyrics and using the N-word. And, yeah. I know. Say say that facial expression into the microphone. <laughs> say that face. Do you know what I'm saying, though? You just tried to give me a look. This is what that look said. Duh, we were all saying the N-word, motherfucker. I mean... Uh, yeah, but everybody else that was saying it was allowed to say it, which is why I felt comfortable saying it. Until they told you not to. Exactly, and then I fucking stopped. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't like I needed to fucking wean myself off like nicotine. I just, cold turkey. Done. <laughs> Yo, Gen Z is probably like, what is wrong with Oh, uh, I don't give a fuck about Gen Z or their ridiculous opinions. I, no, seriously, because you want to know what? Something about Gen Z that does bother me is the fact that they seem to think that their opinions are important and they're not. You sound exactly like a baby boomer right now. I think my dad said that exact statement. <laughs> no, but you want to know what? Here's the problem. Some of them probably have valid no, opinions. No, but here's the problem. They all have valid opinions, but they still don't matter. Because the reality is that what the, the only opinion mat- that really matters is the opinion of the person between you and the thing that you want or need. That's the only opinion that actually matters. And that's why these things politically are able to be used. Because some people have situations that are super fucked up and they need something on the other side of a person that uses their morality to block them from it. So at that point, it's a different story. But what we're talking about is fucking... (laughs) Exactly! That's how I I literally... We're talking about fucking clowns and gang rags. (laughs) Talking about plugging that puss. Uh, Fuck yeah, I'll hit it. Yeah, no, I... This is infused, doesn't it? Diamonds. We're smoking diamond infused and it's clearly evident what we're uh, yelling yeah. about Gen Z. <laughs> no, listen. By the Nothing. way, no, Gen uh, Z, though, even though I feel like they need to maybe not think that every feeling they have is super important, <coughs> they get a lot done because they are more willing to share their opinions. And because of that, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Occasionally, like you said, some of these people have valid opinions and some shit snakes through. And it's like, oh shit, that makes sense. Why don't we all start thinking like that? And that's one of the things that's been happening. Yeah, and I, that's why I, I'll never be like, I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in big youth, because I was a youth, and I know that there is some smart kids. When yeah. we were some young warthogs. <laughs> nah, but honestly though, uh, some of the smartest kids I've met were, you know, almost 10 years younger than me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, they're no, that definitely, no. Oh, no, and by the way, depending on the life that you're living, being forced to grow up quick, a lot of those kids do just decide, oh, shit, I better fucking educate myself. Yeah, and get into engineering or, like, uh, like something that's, like, worthwhile. Well, no, because really, yeah, I mean, think about it. Not that odds don't, bro. I'm not going down that road. Like, 
No, but by the way, I think society, but I do encourage people who have like tangible skill. That that is like so. In the, there is a subset of Gen Z. We have a neighbor. Like, yeah, you know, we need to do. We that. have a neighbor that helps. He's an engineer that helps like level the highways and shit. And this is kind of what I'm saying is that at a certain level, this is one of the reasons why I like making music and I want to be able to continue to create. And this is, I'm sure, why you love making movies. And like, because this is our way of contributing to those people's lives. Right. Because I can't be a fucking engineer. No. I'm not going to fucking know how to figure that out. I could never figure that out. Computers and fucking working in fucking fast food or the places where I buy my shit Amazon but all these different things I would like the things that I do like whatever I this is my way of being able to give back to anybody out there that might share my sensibilities right you know what I mean and it's I like know what you mean. it's I it, well and especially I feel like we've done a lot of shit and you know made a lot of things that really resonated with people so I think that fucking it is, you know, reasonable to say that, you know, it's our way of trying to give back. But that's like my point that I think that so many people, like, they don't look at what they should be doing and they look at what they want to be doing. Right. I've realized that if you can figure out how to, good call, how to uh. fucking maintain, stay within your frequency. Just keep doing what is what what feels right, even if it's a little ridiculous and a little bit out there. If you're being mostly safe, maybe a little bit risky, but mostly safe, calculated risk, and you are not behaving in a way where you're trying to hurt people and you're not trying at that point, I think that if you maintain that frequency, that you will be able to eventually get to the end point that you want to get to if you're genuine about it. Right. And I think that fucking, which this podcast is a huge example of that. Like, bro, we're 15 episodes in, which is crazy when you think about it. Because that right there is fucking... 15 that, well, yeah, they're More than that. But that's four months now that we've been doing this. Yeah. So that's fucking, that's tight as shit, dude. And I appreciate... That you have been uh, consistently doing this and coming by and making it happen. I really do appreciate it. And no, and again, people have been, it's, you know, like not huge numbers, but yeah, people are listening, man. Like, thank you for listening. No, seriously, I really, I love you, motherfuckers. Are you kidding me? I, uh, it really is, and I gotta tell you, one thing that's been really cool uh, within the last uh, few weeks has been the amount of support that I have been getting from my uh, fan base. I like, it will never not be crazy to me that I like, really all I do is just make the music and put it out and I have a Facebook page. That's the, that's the extent of it. I really, I don't know that much about promotion. And based on that alone, I've been able to get a pretty reasonable amount of people that genuinely enjoy what I'm doing and I just it's I, I really do hope that at some point I am able to see a level of success where I am able to genuinely give back to my fan base because I try to do what I can with like I have the merch bundles I need to finish packing those up 
Uh, you know, get you know extra stuff in there, CDs and stickers and some of those little 3D printed things. Well, I think it's people have been wanting this shit from me for years. No, I well, and the, here's the thing is that I, I've been talking to Landry about it, like uh, getting him to uh, potentially help take care of uh, merch and shit. But no, I and you want to know what? It's my thing is that I don't like trying to get people to consign their time to me. It just feels weird. Right. Like I don't actually have any money to pay you for your time, but you know, possibly, you know, there are people who come up together that way, and that's why a lot of the time when a lot of people come up together that way, that there's a higher likelihood of success. But um, I just again I feel weird about psychopathic riders for such. Yo, Jesus fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? Tom Dub, Bubba Dub, Fofo Lil Shag Bullet. That Who's didn't work, Tom Dub. <laughs> Yo, really. I read like, Tom Dub's book. I he talks that. about Worcester. He talks yeah. about Hurricane Betty. He spells it wrong. He's of course spelled, he does. Uh, I love Tom Dub. Uh, mad pasta. props to the lyrical Tom Dub. He talks about uh, pasta anytime a lot, too. Pasta anytime. I don't think I know what that is. That was something that came out in like the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like this. It was a big centerpiece in White Trash Homes. It was this like cooked spaghetti that was in like a like a little plastic packet. And you'd microwave it and it was like instant spaghetti. Pasta anytime, man. You don't know about fucking pasta anytime? No, I like, guess I, I, I guess I was not. Drop a comment about pasta anytime if you had a fucking pasta anytime in your life. Bet. No, I mean... On YouTube, we're, we're not on YouTube. No, not yet. I I, I think eventually yeah, we could comment? do that. No then. Well, no, on iTunes. On I, I, I think on iTunes you might be able to. Alright. But so there's also, and I feel like I want to talk about it, but like I said, I'm not saying his fucking name because I really I cannot stress enough. More so than any time in my career thus far in dealing with this current situation, have I seen more people say, who are you talking about? Right. Like, this situation is dealing with somebody who is fucking completely nobody. Like, the only reason I know who he is is because he worked very closely with a couple of people that I am very close to who, because I love, I'm not going to say their names because it seems to me like there's some kind of thing where they're not publicly coming out about it for whatever reason. But I could give a fuck. So... This is all so vague. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, the fucking... The, the diss track. Yeah, no, well, so I wrote a diss track yeah. that is You're fucking, other people. You're going to have to explain off here who the other people are that he's associated with. Oh, well, oh, no, and I will. No, don't worry. Fair enough. Off air, I will do that. But, no, so, and technically I did. Maybe you just didn't know who I was talking about. But, um... I said who he was talking about. I knew who he was talking about. Well, no, that's it. In any case, I will. We will have that conversation. In any case, fucking... I will, again, I will give you a breakdown of the way that this happened. Because it really... This is exactly how it went down. Sunday, I'm at the show in Worcester. At the Worcester, New Hampshire. Uh, the uh, Ouija Max show. Yeah. And so, that was a good experience. It was a good experience, you know, hanging with Lucille. And fucking, I look on Instagram, and I see fucking, he's like, 
some fucking post about like basically talking shit about juggling. And it just seemed really fucking arrogant and whiny. And it's like, and I commented, odd, low-key never had this problem. Because he did, low-key is a juggalo all fucking day. But he stopped saying it out loud a long time ago because he came up in the same world that we did. Where you don't say that shit on track because it's fucking corny. Hell yeah. And so low-key succeeded on his own. Because juggalos that knew him, that knew his shit from back then, knew the deal. Like, he's always shown uh, fucking love. Uh, he actually covered uh, Play With Me on Candy Corner Cover Song. Nice. And so, fucking, I said that, and then he said a bunch of shit, and I just say, responded, I guess, because I, like, he just seemed fucking, like, really... Oh, the, the scene is, like, you know, you're part of that culture, so the scene is going to accept you either way. And, like, I just, I guess. And then he said a bunch of other aggravated shit, and I just said, you sound bitter. And then he responded by saying, you sound smug. And I don't know. I don't really know if, if smug would be what I am. Maybe. I don't know. But, so, next day, he put something out. And it fucking, it felt like there were some subliminals in there, basically. It seemed to me, with based on that time frame of having had that interaction, that there were some subliminals, but he didn't want to actually say my name. And so I was just kind of like, whatever. I was thinking about it. I was edging that way, but I was like, nah, whatever. And then I, get, I seen him disparage the name of somebody who I like, somebody I care about. And at that point, I was just like, nah, I'm good. I, I think, uh, he also, he said something about how he wrote this track real quick to just sharpen his blades. And I was just like, all right, let's see whose blades are sharper. Because you want to know what? I've seen so many people on some, like, stop giving him attention. Stop fucking doing, giving him what he wants and all this other shit. And it's like, no, nah, you want to know what? Every once in a while, I remember uh, however long ago it was when I was hanging with Landry. Uh, late night, we were watching on the TV. Uh, he actually, I think, was asleep at this point. I was hanging with his people. And we were watching a bunch of UFC shit. And it was, the UFC has these, like, street fights. Like, fucking just glove up and fucking do it. And there were these dudes that were scrapping on the fucking dirt. Like, scrapping to survive. These motherfuckers were going in. And... I'm just like, nah, you want to know what? I'm down to get it out the mud occasionally. Like, I don't like it when people... And frankly, I feel like you would appreciate this specifically. I don't like it. Because he's not even really the first person to do it. You've seen it happen a few different times in a few different ways. I really don't fucking like it when people come into the Juggalo scene. And then they don't get the traction that they want. They don't get the following that they feel like they deserve. Because they think they're talented. And they think they deserve this audience... And they then leave the scene and then start talking shit about Juggalos. Like, oh yeah, they're just fucking a bunch of meth heads and trailer park nerds and, you know, fucking whatever. And it's like, the Juggalo scene has nothing to do with whether or not you succeed. Right. If you, like, you have to keep showing up regardless. Because the whole thing is, if you show up and just straight up get booed. Because let me tell you something. I haven't seen that many acts at the gathering get straight up booed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody throws shit at everybody. Although I will say, nobody ever threw nothing at us. Maybe a couple of glow sticks, but that was it. Nah. And which, I think they're so, well, I was holding a sword. 
I'm, I'm sure that helped. But, um, no, like, Juggalos throw shit, but if you're a fucking headliner, they might be fucking launching some water balloons, or, you know, if you're Yellow Wolf, you might get a bottle rocket. You never know. Right. But, generally speaking, I don't really see Juggalos boo, because how are you going to have this crowd that is super finicky, but at the same time, super accepting? It's like, you just got to get up in front of them and do it. And not act like, Riff Raff is a perfect example. He got up there and acted like he was too cool for school. And at that point, Juggalos are like, yeah, I think you are too cool. You should probably leave. You know who did that too? Bubba Sparks. And who also did it? Who? Too Short. Too Short did that, no shit. But he's too short, so he was like, you you get to do that. What he said was, was at my first gather in the Muddalos. Okay. Oh, he was at that one? Yeah, he said, this suit cost $10,000, and they paid me thousand dollars. I'm not ruining the suit, baby. I'm up. Because he would have fucking, nah, he would have just broke even. The suit was ruined. You know what I mean? Well, that's how I he mean, was looking at it. You know, he's like, fuck this. You know, like, I, I'm out, you know. And that's too short. So no, that is that. some of the most gang, see, that's some yeah, gangster that's shit right there. Shit. That's, that's, that's legit that's gangster too, shit right there. Too short's a pimp. He wouldn't call himself well, but, fair enough, but, but all that, right. That is some pimp shit, yeah. then. You're right. Yeah. They paid me 10 racks, and I'm wearing 10 racks. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I'm leaving with 10 yeah, racks. Pretty much, yeah. So. He made the fucking call, dude. Like, yeah, I am not getting fucking soda, whatever the fuck you people are throwing. <laughs> like, you know? Like, yeah. No, and that also. There's a difference between riffraff and too short, though. Too short literally started, like, an Oh yeah, no, too short, no, come on, exactly, this is my point, is that Riff Raff went out there, and then he had his fucking security jump in front of him. He's always been kind of a bitch, but I I, I like his music, I've always liked Riff No, I know, that's, I I know that you were the person who kind of put me on to showing that, like, he is kind of, he's an act, basically. But that's kind of the point, though, is that if that's the case, why would you come in front of a crowd with what, nobody fucking told you? I just knew when I played with him back in the day, like, I remember high on blow. Oh yeah, no, I believe that. Carl worked uh, merch and then stole some of his expensive ass sunglasses. You might remember I wore them for a few years. They were like these white, like lightning on the side, like nice rip wraps. I only wore them every once and again because they were nice. I wouldn't have paid a hundred dollars for a fucking pair of sunglasses. All right, no, fair same. But uh, um, yeah. Anyways, fuck with, but yeah, but you know what the you know what Juggalo culture is. I'll save the tirade because we're almost we're almost at a nice smooth hour here. Uh, long story short, it's a Darwinian experiment, and the, after a while, you that can, is not a long story short. That's a lot. It's an open ended. Are you thing. kidding me? That I was about to say, you could have a conversation for a fucking hour about that. Yeah, it, but it is though because I've seen people, I've seen people come in. Couldn't that be said just about festival culture in general? I guess, but it's juggle. But the gathering is different. It is. I, I yeah, the gathering is totally different. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, well, I yeah, I don't. Here's the thing, though. It is, but fucking, how different is it from Burning Man? You know what I mean? Severely different. I mean, incredibly different. Well, but this is kind of my man. point in the sense of like Burning Man. I would assume is way crazier. 
Burning Man has been co-opted by a bunch of fucking Silicon Valley fucking... Well, no, but yeah, but it's terrible, too, motherfucker. Yeah, but it's too big for also, that. Yeah. It's too big for that Yo, to be Burning, true all Burning, the way across the board. You want to know about Burning Man? Burning Man was initially founded by the Cacophony Society. Have you ever heard of Cacophony Society? I, it, it rings a bell, but not a specific one. They're more or less like uh, they're like cooler, less pedophile-y Mary Pranks's. What's cool about it is that there is no real chapter. Like I always wanted to start a Cacophony Society, and maybe I will. But now that I'm talking about it, it kind of all supposed to be like Fight Club is a, is, a, is like a cacophony sure. society because you don't talk about it and then you do it just to do it to kind of further the human condition be absurd blah 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 and that was Chuck Palahniuk was inspired by the actual cacophony club because what they would do another big thing they've done besides Burning Man is the salmon run in uh, California where during this major like 5k everybody dresses in salmon costumes and then they run against the marathon runners like salmon you know what i'm saying and that's like the whole the whole point and what chuck palinock uh, experienced which was the seeds of what would become fight club as a young author in the pacific northwest at this bar they there was all of a sudden you see these flyers around town and it was like the chicken luau at or whatever the fuck it was called just like something luau at this bar and they went there all of a sudden, like at 5 p.m., the whole bar was flooded with people in fucking full-on Hawaiian shirts and everything, and then had chicken pots, and they did like a food fight of, of chicken pots, and it, it just, and then they left, you know what I mean? And like, the Cacophony Society, some people from that started Burning Man because they do, the whole thing about it is they go into an inhospitable, completely inhospitable, you know what I mean? Like, you're in the middle of the desert. They shouldn't be like, they shouldn't be anything. And then you have this extravagant, like, crazy, decadent party. And it wasn't, I don't think, supposed to be, like, this continued thing. You know what I mean? And now it's, like... Like a thing you buy tickets for. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I've always had, an, you know, my natural spidey sense and my apprehension towards... No, of course, but... Like, so this is my I don't point, know if I though. Could, I might be able to enjoy it, but I would have to be also rich enough because that you have to have crazy equipment oh bro and especially this fucking yeah and especially this last year when this most recent one where they fucking it rained for like the first time and who knows how long and everybody got fucking uh, mudded in like well I was born in the mud at the Muddalos oh yes they've merely adopted it (laughs) I was born in it molded from it molded from the mud yeah. But no, you want to know what? Riders, ride out, bitch. No, straight the fuck up, bro. I and speaking of the Muddalos, because that was where I saw, um, that was where I saw riders for it. Honestly, 2006. That might have been the first time. I think that might have been that the first, first time, time I, I, I saw him. that we I ever saw riders. No, I know that. I you said 11. It's 10:56. Yeah. I was looking. Alright, I didn't know. Yeah, I thought you. I thought we were going down more no, riders. No, no, no. Riders do ride out, because but this riders isn't a do gotta. Phone call because we do have that big money hustlers. Yeah, no, we. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna do. Oh yeah, we're. Your eyeballs. Yes, we are doing. We're that. literally trying to facilitate that tonight. So. But no, and I was just gonna say because it'll be out probably by the time it will be out by the time this episode comes out. Uh, Juggalo Dick on uh, Spotify. 
check that yeah. out. Because, uh, like I said, I'm not saying that motherfucker's name, but I, I did. Again, like I said, I just love the idea of somebody jumping into the comment section like, it's me. It's me he's talking about. Well, you know I just what? find it's that to be very funny. Like good diss songs, it's something that can be applicable to. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. No, that's anybody, a good, bro. That's exactly what I'm saying. No, you want to know what? As far I heard as the track, it's fire. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And hopefully, it's already out by the time you listen to this. Not well. Uh, yeah, no, it should be. It should be uh, coming out uh, 10 2023. 2023. And with that, because uh, clearly we do have other uh, plans. I can't think of a clever word, so instead of me being clever, what I am going to ask all of you to do is remember to scoop that loop. And fold the flop. We will see you again next week. Peace the fuck out. And again. Get ready for the race. I, so yeah, see, I, I was going to say nothing funny, but now we fucking, we're going to end on that.